on the screen there. If you welcome prayer after the service, then uh, you could please call or text uh, Nigel on the on the number on the on the screen there, and uh, include your name, and uh, he will um, put you into a, a, a prayer room at the end. We have a, a prayer team who will uh, be delighted to, uh, to pray with you after the service. Um, also, just to say that it is communion uh, this morning, so uh, if you haven't got bread and juice with you, then you might, uh, as I'm speaking, you might just like to uh, pop and get some uh, some bread and juice, uh, because we'll be sharing the breaking of bread and the, and the wine uh, later on in, in the service. And we're actually going to be doing that um, after the sermon, so I'm going to be making our the communion, the response uh, to, to the sermon. But just to uh, welcome uh, everyone, um, wherever you're uh, tuning in from. Um, it's great to see you and uh, you're very, very welcome and uh, we look forward to uh, this time of worship and fellowship together um, this morning. Um, after the opening songs, I'm going to be uh, opening up things up to open prayers of praise. Um, so be an opportunity if you want to, if you want to pray, please just uh, unmute yourself and uh, hopefully there won't be too many clashes in that. Um, and we're just going to have an open time of, of prayer after the opening songs where you can just speak out prayers of praise and worship and thanksgiving to, to Jesus. Um, but I'm going to begin uh, with some words uh, called to worship from Revelation chapter 5 from John's um, apocalyptic vision of, of, of Christ. Revelation 5 verse 11, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice they sang, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. We're going to join that worship in heaven now as we sing uh, Crown Him with Many Crowns. It's all. 
opportunity for us to uh, come together in, in open prayers of praise. So just as the just as you feel prompted, please uh, unmute yourself and uh, just lead us in, in prayers of praise and adoration and thanksgiving. Father, I pray for the people that don't know you, the people that have uh, on the branch of dying. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing to them and that they may know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray, Father, that you would give them rest when they're well, but not well, and bring peace to all those that they find again. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you, but uh, we give us the privilege, Lord, to uh, show them the way, how you are, the, mo the most powerful uh, God on earth. There is no other but you. We love you, we want to serve you, and we want to help people to know you and become Christians themselves, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yes, Lord, you are an amazing God. You are a creator God. You created the universe, Lord, and we just thank you that you sent Jesus to dwell amongst us. You sent your Holy Spirit to dwell amongst us, Lord, that we might know you. We might have an intimacy, a relationship with you, and we just thank you for this morning that we're able to praise you and worship you, and to, uh, even in a strange way, Lord, we can now actually sing where we perhaps can't if we were together, Lord, but we, we do miss that, Lord. We want to praise you and worship you because you are a a God of grace and mercy, when you pour out your blessing on each one of us that is listening to you today, we know that there are millions around the world, really, who are doing the same sort of thing, Lord. We just thank you that you're with us in these situations that we find ourselves in, Lord. You haven't yes. deserted us. You are there for us. You're with us, Lord. And we just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and mercy. We don't deserve it, but you're a God of, of love and mercy, and we just praise your holy name. Amen. 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 Father God, we just thank you for all your blessings. We are so fortunate, Father. We just thank you for our homes, our families, for everything that you give us. Yeah. And Father, I just pray that we wouldn't rush around so much, but in fact that we would sit at your feet. Help us to hear your words this morning, Lord. So we yes. ask in Jesus' name. Yes, Amen. Heavenly Father, we came into this world with nothing, and you have provided everything for our comfort, for our convenience, for our food. What a wonderful God we have. All praise to you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we've sung that you are our tower of refuge and strength. And we thank you for that truth, Lord, that you are a stronghold, a refuge, a tower of strength in these strange and difficult days in which we live. We thank you, Lord, that our hope is found in you, Lord, because you are sovereign 
you are reigning and ruling over the universe that you have created and yet you hold each one of us in your hand you love us intimately and dearly and you have shown that love supremely in the gift of your son who was sacrificed for our sin and, and rose from the dead that we might have life in all its fullness so our hearts are full of praise this morning and thanksgiving and we ask holy spirit that you would continue to meet with us as we sing as we pray as we gather around the table and around your word we ask holy spirit that you would come and strengthen us in our weariness give us hope where we lack it give us strength and courage lord in these days through the power of your spirit we ask it in jesus name and for his glory amen and um as we've been doing um consistently uh, mark is going to bring us an, an all-age talk um which will illustrate uh, some of jesus uh teaching on wisdom thank you mark hi everyone and welcome to the next bite-sized episode in our study of wisdom over the past couple of weeks we've looked at seeking god's wisdom and making wise choices today we're going to look at the wisdom of being prepared the bible and jesus talk a lot about wisdom a few weeks ago when we were looking at the life of peter we briefly looked at a story that jesus told about the wise and foolish builders do you remember the foolish builders built their house on the sand with no foundations and when the storms came their house collapsed they thought they'd be okay because when they were building the house the weather was fine they didn't think about what might happen if the weather changed but the wise builders built their houses on rock they thought about the future and their houses stood firm against the storms you see the wise builders were prepared for whatever the weather might throw at them another story that jesus told about being prepared was the story of the ten bridesmaids you see there was this big wedding and back in the day the wedding feast couldn't start until the bridegroom arrived on this one occasion the bridegroom was quite late all the guests including the ten bridesmaids waited patiently because they didn't know when he was going to arrive all the bridesmaids took lamps with them it was a good job because as the evening wore on it got really dark and they waited a long time so as they waited they rested so that they'd have plenty of energy for the party eventually at midnight when it was really dark a messenger arrived saying that the bridegroom was on his way the bridesmaids got up and leapt into action because they'd been waiting so long with their lamps burning they'd all gone out because they'd run out of oil five of the bridesmaids were wise however when they were getting ready for the wedding they knew that they might 
be waiting a long time for their bridegroom. So they bought extra oil with them. On hearing that the guest of honour was on his way, they quickly refilled their lamps and lit them, making sure that they were burning brightly. Then they went out to meet the bridegroom with their lamps lighting the way. The other five bridesmaids were not so smart. They didn't think that they might need extra oil for their lamps. And when they tried to light them, they wouldn't light because they had no fuel. In a panic, they asked the other bridesmaids to share their oil, but they couldn't because otherwise they wouldn't have enough oil for their own lamps. And they told the foolish bridesmaids to go and buy some oil of their own. So in a panic, they dashed off to get some oil. While they were away, the bridegroom arrived. The five wise bridesmaids went into the house with the bridegroom and the door was shut behind them and the party began. When the five foolish bridesmaids returned, they realized they'd missed the groom's arrival and the party had already started. They hammered on the door and asked to come in, but they were told they couldn't because they weren't ready when the groom arrived. You see, the bridesmaids didn't know when the groom was coming. They just knew he was coming at some point. Just like we don't know when Jesus is coming back. All we know is that he is coming again. The wise bridesmaids knew that they needed to be ready at all times, so they prepared well and made sure that they didn't miss the party. And we need to do the same. You see, you could think of it like this. The lamp and the oil could represent the Bible and the Holy Spirit. The wise bridesmaids invested in their lamps, looking after them and buying extra oil and they were ready for the party. And if we invest in the Bible, reading it and seeking God's wisdom from it, being constantly refilled with the Holy Spirit, we too would be ready. But if we neglect the Bible and the Holy Spirit, we too will miss out. Now, I don't want to miss the party. Do you? Thank you, Mark. That was uh, that was great. And uh, we're going to be looking in Proverbs nine today at uh, the woman wisdom and the woman folly, <coughs> and um, kind of that that parable that Jesus told really sums up the, the wise women were like uh, the woman wisdom in Proverbs 9 and the foolish, the five foolish uh, women who didn't have enough oil were like uh, woman folly in the reading. And um, so that, thank you, Mark, because that really helpfully illustrates uh, Proverbs 9 for us. But um, Sarah um, is going to read uh, Proverbs chapter 9 for us now. Thank you. Wisdom has built her house. 
She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depth of the grave. Thank you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the fulfillment and embodiment of all of God's wisdom. And uh, we, we just ask now that you would give us wisdom, Lord, as we look at this um, passage together. We ask, Lord, that you would show us and give us a greater understanding of your wisdom and give us a desire, Lord, to seek your wisdom before everything else and give us the wisdom and insight to be able to apply, Lord, your wisdom to all aspects of our lives, to our families, to our jobs, to our service, to everything that we are and do and say. And we ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. So um, sermon today is, uh, is called A Choice to Make. Um, you've had uh, Tony talk last week from Proverbs 2 about which path to take. And so it's not a dissimilar theme, except uh, this week we're looking at uh, the feast of wisdom versus the feast of folly. Um, I have to say that Rishi Sunak's um, Eat Out to Help Out initiative is kind of music to my ears. Um, as you know, I, I, love, I love my food. And so this is kind of, um, I, know, I know we've got to pay the, the debt back, but kind of in the short term, it's, it's kind of nice, isn't it, to go out for a meal and uh, for it not to come to the amount that you're expecting. And uh, not only that, I'm able to go and have my um, coffees uh, for half price too. So these little uh, moments of, of a little buzz and achievement just give us a little bit of excitement, don't they, in, in, in lockdown in this strange season. Um, but I have to say, last week, uh, I had the privilege of taking part in Let's Do Lunch Takeaway, where, which we're running on a Tuesday and a Thursday all the way through August. And Mark does all of the cooking and does an incredible job with it. And uh, this Thursday, um, we, we must have given away 40 plus meals, um, a mixture of meat and vegetarian. And I have to say, it was such a privilege to, uh, to do this. Um, we were just front of house. We were just literally giving away the, the beautiful food that Mark had cooked and prepared. 
but to be there to, and for people to come and say thank you so much for doing this um, stories of, of single ladies sort of stuck in flats with no garden and sort of five children and for them this was kind of like literally manna from heaven um, one one lady described us as kind of angels from from heaven for doing this now I'm not looking for that kind of affirmation but I have to say it was a real privilege to be able to to, to just bless people with uh, God's goodness in terms of uh, giving out hot meals. Um, and, and I think hospitality and feasting is a sign of God's grace and uh, goodness. It's a hospitality shows that God is a God of grace, a God of welcome, um, a God who invites everyone uh, to his feast. Um, and it's why we do Let's Do Lunch really, because food and is a sign of God's generosity and welcome. Um, and particularly it's a sign of justice uh, to the poor. But we'll, we'll look more at justice um, later on in this, in this series when we look at individual themes in Proverbs. But um, we're looking today at the subject of feasting. And Proverbs 9 is all about an invitation to two types of feast in two houses with two types of women. One offered by a woman personifying wisdom called Lady Wisdom, and one offered by a woman personifying folly called um, the woman folly. Now, feasting is significant because it reflects our appetites and desires. So Proverbs 9 is challenging us at a deep level. Are our appetites and desires really for the feast of wisdom that God um, invites us to? Or are we looking to feast elsewhere? In other words, are our appetites and desires in life away from God's wisdom? Or are, we, or, are, or are they centred on God's wisdom? The message of Proverbs is pretty simple, really. It's if we choose to live wisely by fearing God, we will enjoy all the blessings of feasting on God. We will enjoy joy, satisfaction, fulfilment, meaning, purpose, hope, life in all its fullness in this life and in the life to come. But if we choose the feast of foolishness, um, that is, if we live independently of God and his wisdom, this is not a path that leads to um, satisfaction and joy and uh, life in all its fullness. It leads to, to kind of spiritual death. It's a deception. Um, it promises much, like Lady Folly promises much, but delivers very little. It leaves us empty and unsatisfied. Now, choosing the right way of wisdom sounds easy, but in practice, it's not at all easy. We, we know this, don't we, from our own desires. Our own desires internally are often in conflict. Just knowing God's wisdom in the Bible doesn't always mean that we will do it. We will live it out. Um, sometimes our, our selfish desires or our self-centered desires overwhelm um, our obedience to God's wisdom. Um, and so there's a bit, of, a bit of an internal conflict that goes on in our lives in reality. And Proverbs is realistic in this because it pictures two women in the marketplace in the highest point of the city calling out and making their invitation to us. One is saying, come and feast on God's wisdom. And Lady Folly rather loudly is saying, come and eat of all the things that I have for you. And this represents a kind of internal conflict in our desires. It's a way of asking us, really, do we desire fulfillment in God's feast of wisdom? Or are we looking to outside of God's feast of wisdom for our satisfaction and meaning and purpose? 
Now, the good news for us as Christians is that because the Holy Spirit lives in us, and that's what happens when someone becomes a Christian, God's spirit, God's breath, God's presence comes to live in us. He gives us a whole new set of desires and appetites. So the good news is we don't always have to take up Lady Folly's invite. Now we have a more powerful desire and appetite to go after woman wisdom. In other words, God's wisdom. Um, now, we all know from experience that sometimes we still slip into the old ways of um, chasing after uh, the woman folly. We go after our own self-centered desires and appetites. But fundamentally, our hearts have been made new, have been changed, have been softened by the Holy Spirit. And we now desire wisdom, which is good news. So we're not on our own. It's not a choice that we make. Um, I must do this. Um, the Holy Spirit gives us a desire. And if we find times when we don't have a desire to pursue God's wisdom, we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us a hunger and thirst for God's wisdom. And he will. He loves to answer those kind of prayers. What I love about Proverbs 9 is its realism. Um, and what I love about it is the good news, the invitation to enjoy the feast at the woman wisdom's house. In other words, God's invitation is so much better than Folly's invitation. Um, it's not just a case of it's a choice to make between two competing and equal and opposite choices. Thank God that the Feast of Wisdom is so much better than the Feast of Folly. Um, we'd expect that, wouldn't we? But sometimes we need to be reminded that that is the case. So let's have a look at um, the Feast of Wisdom that God uh, offers us. Verse five, come eat my food and drink the wine I've mixed, says God. Through, through woman wisdom. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. So the promise is that the simple, uh, those involved in simple ways, that is those who lack wisdom and understanding, will be given understanding if they feast at God's wisdom table. In other words, if we go after God, he will give us understanding to walk through life. Um, Feasting on wisdom is a picture of feasting on all the blessings that God provides. Isaiah puts it this way, one of my favorite passages in scripture, Isaiah 55. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without honey and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Now that's a feast worth having, isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? This is the feast that God offers us, the feast of wisdom. It's satisfying, it's good, it's, it's everlasting, it's, it's, it's real food for the soul. It quenches the thirst. It satisfies our hunger in a way that folly never can and could. And Jesus, of course, fulfills this promise of feasting on God's wisdom because he is the wisdom of God and he is the food that we feast on. John 6, 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. What a wonderful promise that is, isn't it? That Jesus is the source of satisfaction 
of joy, of meaning, of fulfillment, of purpose. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, life in all its fullness. And so as we feed on him and drink of his blood, we are satisfied and given joy and meaning and purpose and everlasting life. Now that's a feast worth having, isn't it? That's a feast worth taking up the invitation for. And as we come to communion today, we remember that Jesus is the one that we feast on. John 6, 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. What a wonderful picture that is of feasting on Jesus now and, and of his life entering into us as we feast on him. And that's a, and communion today is a picture of this feast, isn't it? Um, there's a past, present and future aspect to communion. Um, we look back with thanksgiving at the cross, at Jesus' body that was broken, represented by the bread, broken that we might be made whole, and of his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins and to set up a new covenant relationship with us. And we look back with thanksgiving and we say, thank you for the cross. But Jesus says that his blood and his flesh are real food. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. In other words, as we come to communion and feed on the bread and drink the wine, we are literally feeding on the death and resurrection of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is present in the person of his Holy Spirit as we share bread and wine. So as we eat and drink, we are eating, we are feasting on Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. So there is a joyful, present reality of the Holy Spirit. So as we come and eat of bread and drink of wine, we're not just looking back to the past in a kind of dead ritual. We're encountering and enjoying and delighting in the feast of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gives to us as, as the host now. Isn't that great? And this feast looks forward to the future of the heavenly banquet. The wedding supper of the Lamb that Mark spoke about in the parable of the ten bridesmaids. Communion points forward. It's a foretaste, or as one of my college lecturers used to say, it's the starter and the main course of heaven is yet to come. So communion points forward to a wedding day, a wedding feast, the wedding supper of the Lamb, when the church, the bride of Christ, will be united with Jesus, the bridegroom, and we shall sit down to feast with Jesus in his intimate presence for eternity, feasting on him for eternity. Revelation 19 puts it this way. Hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. So as we share communion, this is the starter and the main course is to come. Um, I love poppadoms in an Indian restaurant. I, I love that as a starter, but I love the curry to come even more. If you don't like curry, then I apologize for the illustration, but it's one of my favorite foods, so I'm going with it. You know, the starter is great, but the main course is even better. So as we celebrate communion, bread and wine today, we look ahead to 
the promise, the invitation to a new heaven and a new earth where we'll share the wedding feast of the Lamb. Now, that sounds like a feast that's worth taking up an invitation for, doesn't it? Not along with me, if you're with me. Thank you. I just, it's good to have a little bit of feedback. It feels a long way away from you this morning. In contrast, the woman folly loudly invites us to her feast. Proverbs 9, verse 13. The woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. You see, the woman folly doesn't offer us real food and drink that satisfies. Her water is stolen and her food is smuggled in. It's, that's why it says food eaten in secret is delicious. It's a deception. It's a lie. The, the promise that Lady Folly makes does not deliver satisfaction and joy. She shouts loudly, inviting us to come in and enjoy the feast, but it doesn't satisfy. So who is, in terms of application, who is the woman folly or the lady folly in our culture? Well, our culture shouts loudly to us, doesn't it? That meaning, satisfaction, freedom, purpose, joy, happiness, etc., are found in living lives our way independently of God or anything else. The, the basic sort of mantra of our culture is this, do what you like so long as you don't um, harm anybody. Find your own path, dream your dreams, pursue your goals and ambitions, you, um, this, um, fulfillment, meaning, purpose, joy can be found in you doing your thing in your own way. That's what Lady Folly cries out to us. Um, and our culture says, well, there are some values that we all share, of course, um, doing justice and uh, kind of treating people well, loving others as, and hoping that they would treat us as, we, as well as we treat them. These are shared common values. But ultimately, the message of the culture is live life your way, independently of God's laws and teachings and morals. Now, has this, when, when we look around, has this kind of folly or invitation resulted in people who are more liberated and happier than they've ever been? Well, we have to say no, don't we? Depression rates, anxiety rates, mental health, um, family breakdown, um, just anger on social media. All of these things are more pronounced and more prolific than they've ever been. The freedom that Lady Folly promises people outside of God and to be liberated from all God's laws has not led to life in all its fullness. It's led, in fact, to people who are insecure, who are fearful, who are depressed, who it's led to a darkness and a lostness in our culture. We have a culture now without moral compass where people on both sides of the political spectrum shout at one another loudly. From the, from the right and from the left. And people really don't listen to one another and don't care for one another. And in the mix of all this now, in the pandemic, really we've seen issues surfacing of racism and of anger and of um, injustice. 
All of these things were bubbling away in our culture under the surface, and they've risen to the surface because of the crisis that we're in. Those mental health issues, those, those insecurities, those fears have all bubbled up because we live in a culture without God at the center. We live in a culture that has perceived lady folly, woman folly, and has left God out of the equation. So we're not more liberated and happy without God. As a culture, we are desperately lost and insecure. And I think as for, for us as Christians, we have a wonderful opportunity to invite people to the Feast of Wisdom that really satisfies, don't we? We have good news to offer to people, don't we? We have a feast that satisfies, a feast of joy, real food and drink in Jesus that we can give away to people. Um, we don't want to just be giving away um, meals, although that's a good thing to do. We want to give away the best food and drink possible. And that's Jesus, isn't it? Isn't he the best news, the best food, the best feast for people? Isn't he the only one who satisfies? Isn't he the only one who said, I have come that you might have life, life in all its fullness? Isn't he the only one who can lead us into God's presence, into lasting joy and fullness of joy? theme line of the book of Proverbs comes again in uh, verse 10. So we'll just skip on a couple of um, slides, please, Steve. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Here it is again. We saw this in Tony's first sermon in Proverbs 1-7. If we want to live wisely and enjoy God's feast, we need to fear God. Now, that's not a kind of cringing fear. It's awe and reverence. It's humility in submitting to God's teaching. It's centering our lives on God and saying, Lord, I'm going to live for you because I believe that your wisdom, your way leads to joy and meaning and purpose and life in all its fullness. It's to submit reverently to God in all his teaching in the whole of life. And if we fear God in this way by obeying him and loving him and serving him and worshipping, we will prosper. Verse 11. This is what we're promised. For through me, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Now, that sounds good news, doesn't it? If we fear God and follow his ways of wisdom, we will, God will reward us. Our days will be many. We'll enjoy a healthy life uh, mentally as well as, as well as physically. But ultimately, it's not just years that are added to our life. It is eternity that's added to our lives. Because Jesus came and died and rose again to give us eternal life. Um, now, living for God um, has been shown in studies recently to, um, to result in a greater level of health and well-being for people. Uh, studies in America have shown that Christians are generally healthier and more satisfied and have a greater level of well-being than non-Christians through um, serving others and serving God. But really, what Proverbs is how Proverbs is fulfilled is in Christ, who gives us not just added years and added well-being and health in this life, but eternity in heaven. That's what this is promising. So just to finish, where are you, where are you at? Where, where are you at in your desires for God's wisdom, God's feast? Um, what direction are you moving in? Are you desiring the feast that God provides and invites you to? Or have you stalled? Or are you actually still feasting on folly? Well, there's an opportunity this morning for you to turn away from folly or to come back to the wonderful invitation to the Feast of Wisdom that God provides. 
come back to living in submission to God's teaching. Come back to listening to God through the Bible and the power of the Holy Spirit. Come back to that commitment to submit to God in all aspects of life. Jesus longs to restore you, just as he restored the prodigal son. He longs to be the father who runs towards you with open arms and welcomes you home and throws a feast and a celebration because you've come home. Or maybe, maybe you're fearful and anxious in these days. Maybe you've lost the joy of your salvation, the sense of intimacy. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to the feast. Come and feast on living bread. For my body and my blood are real food. Jesus wants to meet with us this morning. As we come around the table, come hungry and thirsty as you are. But Jesus is here to meet with you. He's here to satisfy you. He's here to give you life in all its fullness. Now that's a feast worth taking part in, isn't it? Let's pray. Jesus, um, we come hungry and thirsty for you again this morning. Jesus, thank you that you say, come, come and eat bread that satisfies. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the living bread which has come down from heaven. And whoever feeds on this bread will never be hungry and whoever drinks the wine that you provide will never be thirsty so jesus we ask through the power of your holy spirit that you would satisfy us this morning with your living bread and with your blood that you would give us new life through the power of your spirit this morning lord where we're weary where we're discouraged where we're anxious where we're fearful give us courage and strength and lord fill us with your joy lord feasting is about joy and satisfaction so I pray, Lord, that as we share in this feast of the celebration of Christ's death and resurrection, Jesus, I pray that through your spirit, there'll be a real joy this morning as we share bread and wine. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So John, uh, John 6, I've read this already, but I thought it was uh, worth reading again, just to remind us of what, who we're feasting on uh, this morning. Uh, we're feasting on Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. So these are not dead elements. Um, they're not just bread and juice. As we feast on these symbols, the Holy Spirit meets with us and strengthens us. So as you feast on the bread and drink the juice, ask the Holy Spirit to come and feed you with Jesus. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you can eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. Before we uh, take bread and wine, there's a song that um, Sarah is going to lead us in called Behold the Lamb, which focuses on the, the communion meal that sings together. Behold the Lamb who bears our sin. 
said we do take bread and we remember with thanksgiving that Christ's body was torn apart Christ was broken that we might be made whole and at one with the father let's pray Jesus thank you that you are the bread of life and that as we feed on this bread we feed on you the living bread which has come down from heaven. Jesus, through the power of your spirit, we ask you to feed us now. Bread of heaven, bread, us, bread of heaven, feed me now and evermore. Amen. So we take and eat with thanksgiving. We also remember and give thanks that Jesus took a cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you that this juice, this wine represents your blood 
the blood of the new covenant where the, your Holy Spirit wrote God's laws on our hearts. Thank you that through your blood, Jesus, we have forgiveness and cleansing from sin. But not only that, we have a new living covenant relationship with God in this life and for eternity. And so again, Holy Spirit, as we drink, we ask that this would be a foretaste of the marriage supper of the Lamb in eternity for us. Fill us with joy. Fill us with peace. Fill us with your love and presence as we drink. Amen. This is the table of the king, and there is one loaf, and uh, that loaf is broken into many pieces, which symbolizes that there is one body, one church, and yet that body is composed of many members. And this is a fellowship meal where we remember that we are joined together through the bond of love, through the Holy Spirit, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we want to come and pray for those who need a special touch of Christ's mercy and grace and help this morning. And so we pray um, this morning for Joan Taylor, especially. Lord, we, we pray for her carer, Anne, who's come in to support her. And particularly as Linda uh, goes back home to the States, we ask, Lord, for the relationship um, between Joan and her new carer, Anne, to be a good one and that there'd be a real bond of friendship and support and love there, Lord. We just pray your blessing and favour on that, Lord, that Joan would be, her anxieties would be stilled, and that she would find a real security, Lord, in that relationship. Lord, we also pray for Roger and Angela's mother, Ivy, who's moved to the Grange yesterday. Again, Lord, we ask that you would help her to really settle in there quickly, and that, Lord, through the love and support and care of the staff at the Grange, Lord, we ask that she would find a new home and find security uh, in you and uh, in, in that new home. And Lord, we remember today Venice and the staff there who have worked so tirelessly for so long and who are themselves weary. Lord, we ask for a special touch of grace and mercy and help and strength for Venice and all the carers in the Grange and all the nursing homes in, in the area. Lord, we just ask you to bless them and strengthen them in that vital work that they're doing in keeping their residents safe. Lord, we would want to lift uh, to you today all the students. Uh, of, of, thank you for those, Lord, who've done well and have got the grades that, that they wanted. But Lord, we're also aware of thousands and thousands of students up and down this land, Jesus, who are disappointed and uh, saddened and whose future is uncertain. Lord, we, we just pray uh, for the Ofqual, Lord, as they've now um, thrown everything into the air again and um, done away with the uh, appeals criteria. Lord, I pray for wisdom for Ofqual and for the government, Lord, in this appeals process. And I pray, Lord, that these appeals would go through quickly and that students would be able to, uh, through the appeals, get to the universities that they want to get to. 
Lord, we, we pray for comfort for all those who have not achieved what they wanted to achieve, that you would guide their paths in the future days. And Lord, for GCSE results coming out this Thursday, Lord, again, we're, we, we, we sort of hesitate to, to think about it too much because Lord, we're expecting another um, sense of chaos. But Lord, we dare to pray, even at this stage, that you would comfort and strengthen those who need further guidance and support. And Lord, just show people the way through through this, we pray. Give wisdom to those who need it, I pray. And uh, Lord, we, we think of the, the worldwide church. Um, and in my Barnabas uh, prayer guide this morning, there's this prayer. Oh Lord God, hear the prayers of your people around the world in the midst of intense suffering, whether from violent attacks of terrorists, coronavirus lockdown, locusts, extreme weather or other causes. For many, their trials seem almost too great to bear. We pray you will remind them that although weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning, whether in this life or the next. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, we're going to finish um, our time uh, together this morning with, a, with, a, with another song, which really um, is, reflects that, hopefully, our, our desire to leave behind folly and foolishness and to go after Christ and his wisdom. It's called uh, All I Once Held Dear, Built My Life Upon. Let's uh, sing this together. All I once held dear built my life upon all this world
said at the uh, the start of the service, if you would like um, prayer after the service, um, please just uh, text Nigel, or phone Nigel on the number that uh, was provided at, at the start, and we'll put that number up again uh, just after the blessing. Um, just want to read, uh, just just kind of as a response to to what we've just sung, where we our heart's desire is to know you more. Paul prayed for the Ephesians, and this is this is our prayer for one another. Ephesians 3, uh, verse um, 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.